0: Neighborhoods are full of names. Names of streets and parks and alleys and buildings. And a lot of times, the things or people those neighborhoods are named after are long gone. Take Whiskey Island, near downtown Cleveland. No more whiskey there. And the Shakers of Shaker Heights, that strange, celibate religious sect of people who shook with devotion when they worshipped, they died off in the 1800s. Today, we know the names, but only as landmarks. Ryan Easter, though, he's different. See, Luke Easter Park is in his neighborhood, but it's also in his family tree.
1: At first base, Luke Easter, who was bothered by a trick knee last season, is back in form.
0: Luke Easter, one of the first African Americans ever to join a major league baseball team. He was famous back in the 50s and 60s for hitting so many home runs for the Cleveland Indians that they got their own nickname, Easter Eggs. Luke Easter bought a house in Mount Pleasant back in the 40s, when Mount Pleasant was a nice, leafy neighborhood with good schools and where kids played ball and jumped rope in the tidy streets. Luke's grandson, Ryan Easter, still lives in that same house today, but not for long. On this episode of Watershed, Neighborhood roots, what it means to have them, what kind of responsibility the past gives you to the present, and how you weigh that against what you need to do to take care of your own future.
1: you something today uh so start a song just title it uh or whatever whatever you want to call it
0: one of the first things you notice about ryan easter is that he's really tall six foot five when he's playing a keyboard or working on a computer which is often for his job he has to kind of hunch himself in half to get in range of the equipment
1: all right now i understand i know you've been all through this program but what i haven't shown you yet.
0: When I meet him at the Boys and Girls Club on Broadway Avenue, he's working with a 16-year-old named Keith to make beats on some computer software. That's what Ryan Easter does for a living these days. He teaches kids about recording music. He works for a national nonprofit program called Notes for Notes, which is all about helping kids express themselves through recording their own songs. Ryan's the Cleveland regional director.
1: So, what do we do next? Quantize 50 percent. Quantize 50 percent, he says. What I've learned to do is let them work on their own. So, I send them in the back. I taught them the software, and they play guitars, and they sing songs. So, I kind of let them go in there and create. What's great is they already have songs ready, and
0: then they're just recording. For Ryan, music's been his main passion for decades, but it wasn't always that way. When he was really young, growing up off Kinsman Road in Mount Pleasant, he thought he might enter the family business. He'd spend hours in his backyard, practicing his swing. His grandfather was already gone by then, but Ryan had another coach. Uh,
1: my grandmother was save pop can tops, you know, the, the tab. Uh-huh. And she would save 1,000 of those. Like my first year of Little League, I was really bad. And she was like, every morning, you're going to wake up and hit these at 7 in the morning. And then all of a sudden, I could hit everything. Like, every time a pitch was thrown, I was hitting it.
0: Bryant grew up knowing he was related to someone important. A real major league baseball star. The guy who holds the record for the longest home run ever hit at the old Cleveland Municipal Stadium. And sometimes that came with benefits.
1: There was a pizza guy one time. He owned a pizza
0: place. And every time
1: I would go in to get a pizza, he would like, hey, you know what? I, I can't charge you. Why don't you come in the back and make your own? Cause your grandfather, when I was little, used to send me and a hundred friends to the game with ice cream and sign autographs and do all this stuff.
0: Ryan remembers who Luke is, of course, and some Clevelanders still do, too. But a lot has changed since Ryan was swatting dingers over the fence. When Ryan was a kid in the 80s, Kinsman Road and Mount Pleasant were pretty close-knit. There were stores you could walk to and neighbors you knew. But
1: around, like, 92, 93, that's when you could feel things kind of change. Because at that point, I think, you noticed... uh, that drugs had taken a toll on people's families. So it wasn't like a new thing at that point. It wore on people, you know, and you could see people's posture, literally their physical
0: posture would be different over time. So like a lot of families, when they start feeling out of place in a neighborhood that starts, quote, changing, Ryan and his mom and grandmother tried moving out to the suburbs. And it was a nice house. I mean, like, It wasn't
1: new, but it just had a lot of new stuff in it. Maybe it was redone. And so we moved out there, and it was so quiet (laughs) that it was annoying, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. when we packed our stuff and moved right back to (laughs) Kinsman's, like, it was like we didn't enjoy it because it Uh was— I don't know if it was quiet or it was just unfamiliar, like, petrified, like, nothing moved. (laughs) you could go in the backyard and you just heard birds and it was like a lot of space in the backyard and I could play and it was like, I had a shed for my toys and then she had a shed for it was was totally different from Kinsman. We were just like "Uh, let's go back.
0: But then around high school Ryan started to lose his way. His grades started getting bad enough that his school didn't let him play sports anymore. High school to me was
1: the gratification wasn't instant enough, you know? Uh-huh. It's kind of like, I gotta go home and do homework and then come back and just to get a
0: grade. Like, mm-hmm. you don't get money for it or a job? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? So. He gave up on baseball and started holing up in his bedroom, doing that teenage thing of putting up blankets over the windows to block the sun, being sullen and withdrawn. Meanwhile, outside those windows, it felt like Mount Pleasant was falling apart too. By 1990, the population was just over half what it was in 1940. More than 1 in 10 houses were vacant. Ryan graduated and got out. He went to Youngstown State University, where he spent a year skipping classes and goofing off. Then, a friend who worked in a recording studio introduced him to something that finally got him excited. He'd always liked music, like most young kids, but making it, that was different. That gave him something he'd been looking for without knowing what it was. I love
1: that, again, you can do what you want, and if it's right to you, then it's right. Hey, you know what? If you want to have a chord, you know, a chord and put two off notes in there, that is your business. Might sound terrible, but... (laughs) You're allowed to do that, you know? And I appreciate the
0: freedom of that. Ryan saved up some money, bought his own computer, spent hours at a time slaving over the software. He got an early break one day when he sold some beats to a local producer for a cool two and a half grand. For a 19-year-old, that was a ton. I had class on the Monday after that.
1: Uh I, like, dropped out of school. It was literally like, I'm not going to school anymore. Because I just made $2,500 off of some beats I didn't even think were that good. And that's when it turned into me going further
0: with music. Ryan kept hoping one of his beats would land in a song by a big-name artist, most Def or Kanye. He'd fly out to L.A. and down to Atlanta, trying to get in the door with someone who could give him a big break. He'd get interest from someone's people. They'd say they liked this beat and that one, but they needed a few changes first, and then nothing. Eventually, he went back to college, got his associate's degree, and then his daughter was born. And having a kid is really what made him start to think about life differently.
1: It would kind of be like, yo, I'm going to keep doing the music, but I'm going like, to do something else as well. Just so I can make sure, especially with having a child, make sure to maintain her level of life, you know? Like a healthy, decent level of life.
0: So one day, he was driving past the Boys and Girls Club in Cleveland, and he had a thought. The kids in there, they needed music, just like he would needed it when he was young and looking for a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm.
1: To get rid of this loop if you didn't like it okay. and drag in another loop all right and you simply go to loops uh they have drum loops here and they have various sounds electro stuff okay you got any choices uh piano all right let's try the piano Ooh. if i know you like i think i do you'll want the vintage yeah. folder yeah so let's see here Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's like my style. Yeah. All right. So if you notice here, it has a tempo next to it. First thing we have to do is what? So more or less, I prefer not to add to their musical structure. I want to add to their technical structure so that I don't influence their sound. In any way shape or form i want to help them so they can record their ideas and know how to change their ideas and make different things from it but i don't want him to sound like 90s hip-hop because that's what i like <laughs> you know so this one for you ryan i got one more for you uh what key is that
0: That's one of Ryan's students, Keith Buchanan, who's 16. He's playing Michael Jackson's I Can't Help It. So,
1: have you practiced that? Well, uh, not, not really. Because I, I thought that was awesome. You just kind of like, hey, I got something for you. <laughs> that, was, that was sweet, man. Thank you. Yeah, Keith knows that's my favorite Mike song of all time.
0: I love working with Ryan because like like he said he don't try to change somebody's style. And then uh, he's just cool and uh I feel like me will make a good team. He funny too, so <laughs> he ain't funnier than me, but he funny.
1: It surprises me how intimate it is, but I love it. Like I was actually created for this. So I grew up in a neighborhood that's bad, where I had things, where people always came to us for things. I had a lot of toys at Christmas. We had Christmas, you know. Uh, I went to schools where you paid tuition. But I was best friends with people who didn't have anything. So I see these kids, and I'm like, that's so-and-so from when I was little. Oh, that's what you want to call it. It's funny, they're the exact same person. It's just because
0: uh, our world is different now. The thing is, at the same time Ryan's feeling that connection with the Mount Pleasant of his youth, he's preparing to move out for good. He's planning on running his house off Kinsman and finding a place out in the suburbs, closer to where his daughter goes to school and lives part-time with her mom. And this time, he's not worried about birds chirping and quiet. No. Out there? You like it now.
1: I have lived through enough gunshots and sirens and seeing people get shot and killed like in front of me not close distance but 30 feet away like i guess that's it's it's never been nice or hot for me to see it but like that moment in time has played out for a 38 year old guy with a six-year-old daughter you know
0: So you you have this deep history in Mount Pleasant. I mean, is it a hard decision to leave?
1: No. It's a safety decision to leave. Like, my child, I don't let her outside in the front yard or the backyard. I'm uncomfortable with any of that. I mean, it's to the point where I, like, when I walk out the side door, I look both ways in my own driveway. (laughs) And that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm too old to have to, like, tussle with some guy in my driveway for my life. That's ridiculous. So I have, I, like, tell my friends all the time when they speak of me moving, I literally say I have served my time to the hood. To a neighborhood and I don't understand people that do Like people get tattoos of a street Or they like t-shirts Or they, you know that stuff doesn't make any sense to me Like you don't own the whole street Or like kids They they get into gang fights Over their neighborhood Or their street And I don't, I don't mean this like to take a shot But how could you feel that way About a place where you're renting You know I mean, even if I own the house I live in, I don't own Kinsman, So I have no loyalty to it. I have a loyalty to my child. I have a loyalty to my family to not get killed for making a bad decision. I love all the memories that happened there, but no thank you.
0: So for now at least, the Easter's of Mount Pleasant look like they'll be going the way of the whiskey on Whiskey Island and the Shakers of Shaker Heights. A memory that some will remember, and some will forget. And maybe that's okay. Maybe the future of the neighborhood is in the hands of someone living there right now. A kid, or an older woman or man, whose name we just don't know yet. For Watershed, I'm Justin Glanville. Watershed is produced by Sidewalk, telling the story of people and place, and it's made possible by a grant from the St. Luke's Foundation. Sound design and recording is by Angie Hayes, our editor is William Bostwick, and our story consultant is Don Arrington. Our theme music is by DJ Doc Harrell and the kids at Refresh Collective. All the rest of the music in this episode was by Ryan Easter and Keith Buchanan, Check out photos and written versions of our stories online at OurSidewalk.com. That's O-U-R-Sidewalk.com. And stay up to date by following Sidewalk on Facebook. And the usual request, please, when you get a chance, rate us a review on iTunes. It helps spread the word about the show. Until next time.